Welcome to this production from College Place United Methodist Church. To find out more about our church, please visit our website at www.collegeplaceumc.org. And now, here's our sermon from Dr. Bill Daniel. Kiri Lazen, Lord have mercy. What a powerful, powerful theme for the Lenten season. <laughs> Very powerful. Our text is uh, the 13th chapter, Gospel according to Luke, where we can almost hear Christ say, Lord have mercy on the road that I must travel. Lord have mercy. At that very hour, some Pharisees came and said to him, Get away from here, for Herod wants to kill you. And he said to them, Go and tell that fox for me, Listen, I am casting out demons and performing cures today and tomorrow. And on the third day, I finish my work. Yet today, tomorrow, the next day, I must be on my way because it is impossible for a prophet to be killed outside of Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often I have desired to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you were not willing. See, your house is left to you, and I tell you, you will not see me until the time comes when you say, Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Luke's 13th chapter, Jesus has set his face to Jerusalem and is traveling in Luke's narrative, the journey to Jerusalem, to deliver the message of the prophets, but much more to deliver himself to death as a ransom. It is the passage of Lent that gets our attention. It is the passage of Lent that shows us Jesus' own dream, the Messianic dream, must go to the cross and be lost. It is a lament over Jerusalem, but it could just as well be a lament over lost dreams. You see, even Jesus had some lost dreams. Jerusalem, where the messianic dream goes to die upon the cross, where dreams go to die. Many years ago, when I was teaching at the School of Theology, I had some colleagues that took their PhD from the University of Chicago, and professors being what they were, they were always trying to one-up one another about their PhD wherever they got it. The ones from the University of Chicago were the biggest braggarts of, of them all. They said, yeah, the University of Chicago, where dreams go to die. They'd go there with their PhD dreams, and then they would go there to die. Chicago, where dreams go to die. You could just as well say Jerusalem, where the messianic dream, the illusion that Christ could gather all of Israel and protect it, from Imperial Rome, that dream would go to die. In all of our lives, we, we have dreams that drive us and dreams that take us places. And then there are dreams that die and we lament their loss. There's dreams of careers lost. And there was a joke in the South Georgia Conference many years ago that pastors, you know, we... 
we want to be in the coast. We, it's, a, it's a dirty little secret, but we want to be here on the coast, right? <laughs> and so whenever pastors would talk about good appointments or so, they, they would say, yeah, it'd be great to get to the coast, but if you mess up, the bishop's going to send you to Billy's Island Missionary Church in the Okefenokee. You know, that'll get you to the coast, all right? It's nothing but water there. So make sure you stay on the right side. Billy's Island Missionary Church, where dreams of the pastor go to die. Did they ever say that to George? We've got a good appointment for you, George. <laughs> Billy's Island Missionary Church, where dreams go to die. This text, Jesus is being driven forward by the dream to deliver the message of the prophets and to deliver himself. He knows the dream will go to death in the slaughterhouse of the prophets, Jerusalem. Jerusalem who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it with a message. The message will be delivered, but he will be delivered himself. Coming from Florida like I am, when I hear about dreams and dying dreams, I always go to that great poet laureate of Gainesville, Tom Petty, right? <laughs> this text could just as well be read right from the lyrics Tom Petty's song, Running Down a Dream. Running down a dream that never would come to me. Working on a mystery. Going wherever it leads. Running down the dream. Jesus, running down the dream that never would come. The messianic dream that would not come in the form that Israel thought of a messianic hero, conquering redeemer. But Jesus... Here's running down the dream, going wherever it leads, working on the mystery, the dream of God. Running down that dream will drive Jesus to this cross. Some dreams drive us, and some drive us into places we'd rather not go. What dreams drive you this day and this stage of your life. Do you have dreams that drive you still? Do you have a dream that you've been running down that never would come to you? Going wherever it leads? Sometimes I, I believe we Christians just don't dream enough or we let go of our dreams as time goes by. We are dream machines, human beings. Did you know that? We can't survive without them. Physiologically, we need dreams. We need to enter REM, sleep, in order to restore our brains, to, to bring anabolic renewal, oxygen renewal to our dreams. We need them to our bodies. You can't just rejuvenate by falling asleep. You have to fall asleep into that REM phase where you get the dreams, the stories, the the, the beauty sleep is something real. You really need dream sleep in order to rejuvenate yourself. So we need dreams in our sleep life, but we need dreams in our awake life as well. Have you starved your dreams? If you don't dream enough at night, you'll literally starve your brain. It's true in the spiritual life too. If we don't have dreams... God's dreams, driving us in the direction the purposes of God, we can starve ourselves. Are you starved for a dream? Are you starved for God's dream 
at this stage of your life. I think we as Christians often don't dream large enough. In our culture, which really tells us with every message politically and culturally, you deserve all your dreams to come true. That's the culture we live in. You deserve to have all your dreams come true. Count on the media how many times you hear, you deserve, particularly in political discourse. We have a culture that talks about your dreams deserve to come true. This text here about how dreams die and how they are realigned according to God's purposes, God's dream, dreaming God's dream, is what Christ is driving Christ to Jerusalem so that Israel can be driven to by God's dream of the kingdom. The kingdom of God come now. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Dreams die in order for God's dreams to be birthed. And Jesus goes to Jerusalem to let some dreams die. But I, I think this is a good corrective in the Lenten season that we need to remind ourselves to dream, but to dream God-sized dreams. And to continue to dream lest we starve ourselves of God's purpose for our life. Are you dreaming God's dream? Is it a God-sized dream? Or have we let it kind of shrink down to the boundaries of our yard, front and back? <laughs> Walt Disney was a dreamer, and he taught America to dream, and maybe... He's another person, if you grew up in Florida, you would have to deal with the dreams. Maybe they're not kingdom dreams. The magic kingdom, no, is not the kingdom of God. Nevertheless, I think there's something in his life, although he was certainly no Messiah, something in his life teaches us what happens if we let our lives be driven by dreams. Walt had a dream. He loved trains. He loved big-sized trains that he grew up in Missouri with, and he loved little model trains. And he had a midlife crisis. Instead of driving Porsches, I guess, he had a lot of model railroads. And I can, I can really relate to that. I've got a lot of model railroads at home. Some of you know about that. It was a midlife crisis. As midlife crises go, not that uh, harmful. Pretty harmless, right? So his dream was to run a railroad in his yard, and he built a three-quarter-size railroad in the Hollywood Hills there. That's a strange sight to see a, a little coal-burning train running through Hollywood. And uh, his dream was there, and he built it out, and it was the size of his yard. But, you know, that dream just wouldn't die. His dream of running trains, full-size trains, kept driving him onward. Next thing you know, he was thinking about a place to drive his trains. And the next thing you knew, he had Disneyland on the drawing. And he built it, 1955. He built it so he could run his trains. You think he designed Disneyland and then went and got some trains just to decorate. No, his dream of trains drove him to build Disneyland. And it continued to drive him. That wasn't enough. He needed one in Florida. So he went out and got some, some orange groves and some swampland in the middle of Florida and built and set upon building Disneyland. Well, uh, Disney World, rather. Uh, he died before they could actually unveil Walt Disney's great dream in Florida. And on the day that they cut the ribbon, someone said to the creative director, Mike Vance, 
Isn't it a shame Walt Disney didn't live to see his dream of Disney World come true? <laughs> his dream died with him. Mike Vance said, oh no. He did see it. He did see the dream. Because he saw it so clearly, you can see it today. He lived out his dream. The dream that wouldn't just stay put in his backyard and grew to Disneyland in Anaheim and then grew to Disney World. Now, we don't want to make a messianic dream out of Disney World, but because he truly saw it, the dream lived on. And even though it died with him, seeing our dreams and working towards them is what Jesus says. See, I'm casting out demons and performing cures, and on the third day I finish my work. That word telos is in the Greek there. My goal. I'm finishing my goal. I'm working towards it today and tomorrow and on the third day. And I go to Jerusalem to finish the real work. Delivering myself up. Jesus continued to work and He journeyed towards where His dreams would meet God's dreams. And those dreams would not stay put. They drove Him to Jerusalem. Running down a dream. Never would come to me. Working on a mystery. Going wherever it leads. That's the message of Lent. Going where God's dream drives us. To walk with Christ. To bring our dreams into alignment with God's dreams. Do we have God-sized dreams? Do we dream big enough? Or do we shrink from our dreams? What happens when a dream dies? C.S. Lewis says when our dreams die, got to dream a new dream. So many of us do I hear the Word of God to the people of God at College Place? Have you lost some dreams? Do you lament some dreams lost? Dream a new dream. Let God's dream drive you. It may take you in some surprising places. Some dreams have to die in order for us to truly become our best selves, what God intends for us. I had a dream of being a rock and roll star. Right? I went pretty far down the road. I went wherever it led. Took me to some pretty diety bars and some pretty interesting places where they had the chicken wire up there, you know, and <laughs> so the bottles wouldn't hit you. I've played in some great dives across Florida and all across Georgia. I've played in some great dives. But the dream ran me down in the end, didn't it? Some dreams run us down. I never made it. To, uh, but I played, I played in some interesting places. Well, the dream died. But I still know how to play the guitar. The dream denied becomes a dream refined. God's using it still. In our early service, I get to play with a wonderful band. And I enjoy it. Tab had a dream to be a cartoonist, right? A great animator, a computer animator. That dream was denied, right? <laughs> Maybe it was just a dream deferred. We saw evidence of his gift this morning. He had Stick Boy giving us Abraham's covenant in Genesis, right? It was a fascinating examination of how a stick figure can animate our own imaginations. His dream was denied, but his skills are being used and refined and repositioned. My father had a lifelong dream to be a lawyer. 
And he saw his own son become a lawyer and then a judge, my little brother. Everybody seems to be wearing robes in my family. <laughs> my father saw these robes. <laughs> he always had a lifelong dream to go back to law school, so he retired early from Bell South at 56 and went back to law school, University of Florida. <laughs> a little dig there. I guess it's the only one that would let him in, right? <laughs> He took, he took the bar and at age 60 lived a lifelong dream. It was a dream deferred, but he was able to reposition it. He never really worked those 80-hour-a-week kinds of <clears throat> law positions. But nonetheless, he had a chance to serve. In the great history of the church, there have been a lot of key figures in ministry. Paul, his dream to be the, the most zealous of all the of all the rabbis to kill off the saints, those Christians. That dream died and God birthed another dream in him to be an apostle to the nations. John Wesley had a dream to preach the gospel to the natives in Georgia. Comes to Savannah and, and then to St. Simon's, Frederica, to preach the gospel. The Indians did not hear him so gladly, nor did the locals. St. <laughs> Simon is still a tough appointment, right? <laughs> Nonetheless, his dream dies. And he takes a ship back to Great Britain in the night. His dream of love dies. And yet, he spoke many years later of the second rise of Methodism as his failure, his dream dying in Georgia. Methodism arose out of that. It took the heart that had been beaten and, and lamenting the loss of a dream to be truly strangely warmed. Luther, Martin Luther, his father dreamed that he would be a lawyer, a great lawyer. And yet, Luther became a priest. And a priest that his dream to renew the church ultimately led to the Reformation. Dreams denied can turn into God's dream, reborn, refined. It's been true throughout the history of the church. Sometimes we have to follow Christ to where our dreams die, in a type of cross for God's purposes and dream to be birthed in us. As the astronauts would say down in Cape Canaveral during the 60s. Aim for the moon, for even if you miss, you'll land among the stars. That's not very comforting for the astronauts, but that's what they would say in mission control anyway. <laughs> We've got to aim, and, and yet when we miss the mark, if we're aiming high and aiming God's direction and, and living God-sized dreams, taking, following those dreams, even into risky places, even into crosses, even into places where we have to let go of institutional programs and our institutions do groan under the weight of so many dreams dying in these days. Do we have the courage to go wherever it leads, to go where God's message will be delivered and where we too will deliver the message that God is working today, tomorrow, and we will finish the work that we 
will finish what God has started. Sometimes we have to dream new dreams and dream for another day. Going wherever it leads. The mystery of following God does take us down some twists and turns, but we have to be prepared to see God's birthing something new. If you had been a Christian standing in Edinburgh, Scotland in 1910, and you had attended the World Missionary Conference held in Edinburgh, Scotland. The World Missionary Conference drew all the missionary leadership from all over the world. The Western, at that time, Western churches were firmly still in, in command of the missionary movement. This mission conference brought them all together to, around the watchword, the evangelization of the world in our generation. To finish the work, to finish the task begun in the first century, and they could almost see on the horizon that the missionary movement from the West to the rest of the world could be completed. The optimism of the Western world and its economic and imperial power was so strong that they believed and they raised millions and millions of dollars to finish the task. World War I happens, World War II occurs, and the dream of evangelizing the world and finishing the work in one generation was destroyed in the trenches of Europe as the West went to war with itself. And so the evangelization of the world, the dream had died that was dreamed that World Missionary Conference. 1950, all the missionaries are expelled from China, the Western missionary, and it looked for all the world like the missionary movement was as dead as anyone hanging on a cross. The 1960s, we saw the, the falling away of the imperial Western nations, and something strange happened. A transformation occurred. By 1970, the missionary movement which had died from the West to the rest, suddenly two-thirds of the world Christians were non-Western. The missionaries had failed, but God's message, God's mission had succeeded as local non-Western Christians continued from World War I onward through the 70s, continued to preach the gospel and to be the church, even as the missionaries returned home. While the rest of the world wasn't looking, a global church was born by 1970. It still hasn't registered on some of our, on our radar. The means of the evangelization of the world died in the imagination of Western missionaries. But the globalization of the church was birthed. God's dream was not denied. Perhaps the Western missionary church dream died. Surprise! When the missionaries went home, the church continued to flourish. Blessed is he who comes and goes in the name of the Lord. Oh, friends of College Place, church institutions, leadership, dreams, visions, they come and go each generation. And some of our dreams will die. But blessed is he who comes and goes and finishes the task and follows wherever it leads the surprising mystery of God, running down God's dream, going wherever it leads, working on a mystery. Blessed is he 
who comes, and she who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessings will be revealed as we continue, like Christ, to perform our work today, tomorrow, on the third day, to keep God's goal, the telos, the goal of God in front of us, even as our dreams come and go, even as our institutions come and go, even as our leadership comes and goes, we know that Christ today, tomorrow, and on the third day will be casting out demons, performing cures, preaching the gospel, healing the sick. Jesus' dream, Jesus' dream was broken in Jerusalem. How I long, how I've dreamed to gather Jerusalem and all of Israel as a hen gathers her chicks. Jesus' own dream died so that God's kingdom dream would be refined, renewed, and birthed on the cross. When we follow the way of the cross, when we run down God's dream in Lent, working on the mysteries, working through the mysteries, today, tomorrow, continuing to do the work God has called us, we know that in the end is the vision. Blessed is He and she who comes in the name of the Lord. Our blessings will be before us. Jerusalem, Jerusalem. Oh, Brunswick, Brunswick, how we had longed to see you gathered under God's Gracious blessings. But you were not willing. <laughs> College Place, how God dreams that we would be gathered together to do God's work today, tomorrow, the next day, and on the third day to finish the work God has given to us. Though institutions may crumble, blessed is He who comes and goes in Lent the name of the Lord. Even as dreams die, we know God's dream is being birthed in each and every one of us. What dreams will drive us forward and Lent all the way with Christ to the cross and through resurrection. And so, as God's people, we offer ourselves in this time we offer ourselves each week with the opportunity to come forward. We have a hammer. We have nails. We have paper. We have pen. Do you have something in your life, a dream, that you want to go towards? We're not talking about giving up for Lent. We're talking about going on to wholeness and perfection, as Wesley charges us. What dream is driving you? Where do you want to go in Lent? Come. This altar is open. Come, I will assist you. Placing your dreams, maybe it's a dream that must die on the cross. Write it. I'll help you nail it. Is it something that you need to let go in your life so that you can go on to wholeness? Come, write it down. Fold it. I'll help you nail it. Let us be the people of God. Blessed is he or she who comes in the name of the Lord. This has been a production of College Place United Methodist Church. May God bless you richly upon hearing this message.